Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I'm fired up. I got a good friend up in Canada on the show today. I have, well, not good friend. We just met, so I can't say that. That wouldn't be truthful. But he is a friend and I'm sure he's going to become a good friend. So I want to welcome my new buddy, Rick Denley, to the show. Rick, welcome to the show. Hi, Ken. Thanks very much for having me this morning. Hey, I'm grateful you're on here, man. So, um, you know, I created this show a couple of years ago to give back to the world, to help people have a breakthrough in life, to have people help people like get unstuck. Because I think, you know, people get unstuck, they get stuck in problems or situations and they don't know how to get out of it. And um, I, th- I think that, uh, you're going to be able to help some people. So, well, so I'd like very much. So thank you. Yeah. For me. So Rick, why don't we start with where, you know, you kind of tell everybody where you were born and raised. Yeah. Happy to. Thank you. Um, born and raised in Toronto, Canada and, and lived here all my life in a few different cities around what we call the GTA greater Toronto area. Okay. Traveled extensively through business, but my home's always been, right here and really enjoyed it and growing up in Toronto with an older brother and sister and a great mom and dad and and God bless them they're still alive in their 80s now living in the house I grew up in which is pretty cool because as much as they say you can't go home I come pretty close because I can I can go home and have a home-cooked meal with mom and dad which is nice and you know maybe strange but I had a good upbringing you know we all had challenges but um, still have a great relationship with my parents and my brother and sister as well so those were my humble beginnings wow so you went to um, grade school and and high school and all that right there in the Toronto area the right, GTA. Toronto yeah and the GTA just outside Toronto and was fortunate enough too that all the schools were situated close to home so I was in walking distance as well. So uh, all good experiences all the way through my schooling and came up, uh, you know, playing a bunch of sports in the schools as well. That was kind of my thing before moving on to post-secondary education. Yeah. So the, I heard that hockey's kind of a big thing up there. <laughs> it certainly can be. Yeah. And actually yes. it, it was for me growing up. I was a big hockey guy. And, you know, made it to a particular level. And then and then my buddy surpassed me. I had uh, six different friends that went to the show, as we call it, that played in the NHL. And about eight or ten others that played pro international hockey. Wow. So it's a big deal. But it, it really uh, carried on in my life as well. I've got two boys that are in their 20s now, independent, doing great. And what I call off the payroll, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> graduated and they're working away which is good and and hockey was a big part of our family life growing up i coached they both played a good level of hockey uh what you call in the u.s travel hockey so every weekend we were going somewhere wow yeah and that was a lot of work some people would think but you know what it gave quality time with my kids growing up and anytime you're in a team environment as well you're learning good values 
uh, and a lot of discipline as well. And I think those things carry over into into our lives, whether it be career right. or otherwise. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. so so you um you graduated high school and then you went you went on to I, I know it's it's a little bit different up there. Right. It's uh, like we call it just college here, and you guys get all right. crazy with like college and university and yeah. <laughs> no, no, it, it's true. It's absolutely true. And what we do, uh, sorry, Ken, I'm just sharing this wonderful podcast that we're doing right now. Oh, I see that. Yeah, it just popped up. up. A lot of people are sharing it. Thank you guys for sharing. Yeah. So that better be happening now, anyways. Yeah, it is. So um, let me just do that right now for us and uh, put that away. Yeah, you know what? Our system is a little bit different. It's tiered in a way. We have a college system, um, which in the past has been geared towards uh, trades yeah. and, and more blue collar to start with. That's tremendously changed. OK. And then we have a university system, which you would think is more for uh, business and commerce and things like that. They've really melded and merged right now between the two, depending on what you want to do. I went through the college system initially and okay. came out as a certified engineering technologist in electrical. So I came out more or less engineering background. And that's wow. what I started my career in, working for an organization that really produced automation and control products. Okay. When you think of that, you think of uh, companies like Schneider that I worked for for years. Okay. And Emerson, a U.S.-based company, yeah, and moved my way along with them and really left the engineering aspect behind quickly to move towards sales and business. And that's where I really found my passion was yeah. in connecting and helping people solve problems with products and solutions, hardware and software. What, what would make you want to go from engineering, which is incredibly left brain mm -hmm. to sales, which is incredibly right brain if you're any good at it. So, Correct. so yeah. what would make you want to make that shift? I, I guess what you're sharing with right now, Ken, is that I'm an odd cat in some ways, which is <laughs> no. well, the brain. <laughs> and uh, that, that's yeah. very interesting for me. Um, really, it's because of people. When I did get out into engineering, I wasn't dealing with enough people. And yeah. we use the old phrase, people, person, but I really am. I really enjoy engaging with people and right. working with them. And it's something that I want to continue to do. And I knew right then that the engineering portion of it specifically wasn't for me. Fortunately, I found a nice combination where I could deal with people and help them in their efforts and what they were dealing with by combining the engineering with the sales piece and the product knowledge for high-tech products, automation controls, robotics, and such. Then I actually transitioned from that into leading people as well, which is really my passion, helping individuals grow to meet their maximum potential. And that's where the leadership part came in. Wow. So, so you, um, venture now, were you in the, did you stay in the same company or did you go to a different, different company when you got into the selling aspect? I, I changed organizations. I was with an engineering firm and I went to a company which really sold and supported equipment and supplies, uh -huh. automation and controls. Yeah. And that's where I spent better part of my time with three major companies over about three decades. 
So okay. Emerson and then a German-based company called Phoenix Contact. So I had a really good exposure as well globally to how different organizations are run. And again, meeting different people. Right, right. So there was French-based. So I learned a lot about how the French operate and work. And then you look at Emerson, which was American-based, but really right. global. And then German-based company like Phoenix Contact. So again, I got exposure to all different cultures and all different people and just kept learning and growing as I went. Wow. Yeah. So and and where did the so where did the leadership piece fall into place? Where was that just like you became a sales manager for one of these companies or where where did the leadership part come in? Well, you know, I didn't have the opportunity because I love sales to move out of it quickly and into sales management, which we know is a shift and we have to understand that that's a large change. What you're doing right. there is yeah, you're moving from a, um, you know, really a sole proprietor, a sole contributor to an organization to leading and working with people, two different skill sets. And some companies need to be aware of that. And yet they get it wrong. They think, well, we'll pick our best salesperson and make him a sales leader. A yeah, not always easy. a good idea. Not always a good idea. Very rarely works out. Right. So what I actually started to do was go on committees and different groups where I could lead them and head them up. And that started my leadership journey and then from there to your point yeah because of my passion in sales i was able to transition from being a salesperson to a sales leader mm -hmm. and combine the two the knowledge of sales with the skills of leading people wow yeah and and that went well i'm assuming well you know for the most part but sometimes you know i had some hiccups in my career as well over 30 plus years yeah you know? Yeah. You know, everybody does. I, I actually left the corporate world back in the years of around 2008. Now, okay. if you remember 2008, I decided to make a change and buy into and run a small automation firm and thought, well, this is my chance to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I'm going to take it and go with it. You know, a few million dollar firm with about 15 employees in it. And that's what I bought into and was going to run. Well, if we remember the years 2008, yeah, literally just after I bought into it, made the shift away from corporate, which is comfortable and solid to do my right. own gig. Everything yeah. went down, right? Economies went down. We had a mass recession. Yeah. And I just made this major change. Wow. So you know what? Sometimes we don't always make the right decisions. Yeah. But I always teach as leaders, we make our decisions right. Yeah. I had to write that shift. And that was tremendous amount of learnings for me. Take an engineering firm and eventually what we did was we created a new revenue stream based on service. And it addressed what the economy and clients needed at the time yeah. and turned the company around. And then about two years later, sold it off and moved on. So, you know, we, we all have learnings and it's, it's change. And, yeah. you know, and we'll talk more about change shortly, I'm sure, especially yeah. My book, well, I think that, um, you know, people think that it, it doesn't even matter if you're if you own a business, um, like you get into anything new, and yeah. it, it, there's there's not like this magic wand that, <laughs> that that you know, suddenly okay, well, I bought into this company, so now we're 
we're good. We're rich. We're, we're moving forward now. That's not the way it works, man. Like there's always the, yeah. the roller coaster at first or yeah, well, you know, for there, years. there is. And you know, um, there's different teachings that I've tried with, with my kids and, and other people as well that have been within my organizations and that, and I always share with them that there's, there's really only two types of change. There's a change that you initiate. It's your decision. You're accountable for it. You're yep. taking hold of that change. That one tends to be sometimes the easier one. Yeah. Then there's the change that comes your way that you didn't ask for. You didn't anticipate. You didn't even see coming. Right. Now, that type of change is difficult. Yes. And that can be, you know, as much as we like to say, well, you know, we have to adapt to change. We have to embrace change. That's not always that easy, is it? It's not. It's definitely no. not. So, so, so you, you, and, and look, 2008, 2009 for me, I own a marketing firm. It, it actually went great because companies are like, oh God, we got to start marketing and again, you know, or now right. and, and so yeah, they aren't just falling in the door anymore. Yeah, right. So so here you were, you you started this or bought into this company, the recession hit, it was a global issue. Right. Um, and and you know, you you adjusted, and that's another important thing when you talk about change is you know, you have to learn how to adjust with the marketplace. Right. Right. So, so you made a huge shift and adjustment in the company, saved the company, and then ended up selling it. What was the next thing for you after you sold that company? What did you do after that? Well, I got pulled back in a way into corporate again. Oh, okay. Multinational organization, but in this case, in a role that gave me more responsibility. So okay. the learning that I had from that experience I take with me, you know, it's important to realize that we have transferable skill sets and we can take them with us on a right. regular basis and, and take all those learnings that we have and apply them in the next role. So I did move back into the corporate world for many years, but at a different level of engagement for the organization. Okay. Um, and that, so you, you got a job basically. Yeah. Yeah. I did, even though there were difficult times and there's a large yeah. dip in what was happening and that. But yeah, you know what? Like they say, we really don't ever lose. We just learn. That's and right. Those learnings with us. I agree. Apply them in a positive manner. So you did? Did you find? Um, see, I could never work for somebody. Like I've been an entrepreneur my entire adult life. Yeah. And, and you know, well. There was a couple little little things here and there, but uh, they didn't work out because I'm not employable. So, like you know, how was it going from owning your own business to working for a company again, being an employee? There was a challenge for me because similar mindset to yourself. I really love autonomy. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talk about generations and not to paint a brush over all people in a generation, but being in the extra generation, you know, a lot of us were of the yoke that basically you gave me a task, got out of my way and I looked after it. I would die before it wouldn't get done type of attitude. Yeah. So like 
to come back into the structure and bureaucracy of a corporation was a yep. bit of a challenge for sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And it, it was very interesting because it was the first time I got exposed to EI and EQ, the emotional intelligence and quotient portion that we talk a lot about now. Yeah. And it was there where I had a really good mentor within the organization that started to teach me through assessments first to better understand myself and others. Right. And right. Really, really grew my leadership capability. It improved me as an individual to work with other people and then as well how to make and, and build on themselves and make them the best people that they could be. Mm hmm. So you're now like i mean you've you've moved through all of this and and now you're doing speaking and and what what kind of speaking engagements are you doing well that's a great question it was about four years ago i decided to leave corporate uh okay. for, for good and move mm -hmm. forward and really what i've been doing since then is consulting similar to what i was doing for the organization but on my own now so I'm working with individuals and organizations to grow them and make them the best they can be, getting okay. them uh, the right skills, tools, and knowledge to grow to their potential, hopefully break through their growth ceilings. That's the whole point of what I do right now. And a portion of that as well, to your point, was speaking engagements. And okay. I started getting on stages to do keynotes that were industry-related. So I talked about um, looking at, you know, how to – optimize your client base, you know, how to grow your sales with the new generations. You know, those were things that I started to speak about and really enjoyed being on stage and, and understandably from what I was told and feedback that I had quite a good presence on stage. And I realized that I could reach many more people that way, hundreds sure. of people at a time and have an impact on them and help them along their pathways also. And that's what I've been doing for a period of time now. So when you decided to leave corporate and get into this consulting stuff. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, look, nothing happens until something is sold. Right. And, and so, uh, you know, I do consulting too. I, I do a bunch of different things, but right. um, you know, how, how were you getting clients? Were you were you knocking on doors? Were you calling people? Were they calling you because you're just that famous? Or like how 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 how, how did you get clients? No, I was I'm still not that famous, Ken. So no, that didn't happen then, and it's not happening now. Um, well, fortunately, that was one of the skill sets that I learned over the years, which is business development. Yeah. You know, and I can sell and I can prospect very strongly. So first thing I did was leverage my existing network. So many okay. of my first clients were organizations that I'd worked with within my industry. And the benefit to them was really that I knew the industry also. So there wasn't any learning curve for me there at all. The other advantage was in a lot of cases, I was brought in as a temporary and midterm sales leader for medium, small to medium sized organizations that couldn't afford a VP of sales. For hundreds of thousands of dollars and brought me in intern to help them set up the structures that they needed in place 
the sales processes, and in a lot of cases as well, personal action plans to grow the individuals of the company and improve them. And those were temporary gigs as consulting is on contract and yeah. do a couple of those here and there and then move on. And then they call me back and say, geez, I got my kickoff meeting for the year. How about you keynote that for us? Because they know you and they like you. And I said, okay, great. So that's how I began the business right out of corporate world. Wow. So you were cold calling. Well, we'll call it warm because I did know some of them. Okay. It's really utilizing my network as much as I could. Yeah. And as well, once you finish that, one of the, the last steps in the sales process that I try and coach and teach individuals and companies is obtaining referrals. It's not receiving the PO. Your job's not done then. You have a great opportunity for referrals. And I've put a different spin on referrals. We call them introductions now. Yeah, right. You know, to Ken and say, Ken, can you give me a referral? And it's like, wow, it sounds like this great big thing. And I have to formally introduce you and so on. No, just a little warm email introduction to somebody would be great. And yeah. those really panned out for me as well. That's really awesome. Yeah. So so where along this journey... Yeah. Again, I, I do speaking as well. So mm -hmm. I, and, and I just kind of, for me, it just like, I, I, I fell into it. A couple of different people have asked me to come and speak. And so I'm like, sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. So how did it, how, for you, how did it come about that you were like, I'm doing this consulting stuff to now I'm starting to do speaking. Did you just decide I'm going to start doing speaking? Did somebody ask you how did it, how did yeah. it come about? You know what? It was a combination of things. One was that I was on stages a little bit presenting yeah. and then I got pulled into and asked to do a couple of launches and um, I'll say keynotes for organizations at their sales meetings. Okay. That's when we really realized, like I spoke about earlier, I have an opportunity to reach out and meet and help many more people that way. And that's when I really started to enjoy being on stage and speaking to individuals. And, you know, it can be a small group, which is much more of a dialogue, which is wonderful, where you can converse with people. If you're in a room of 40, it could be a room of 400, where it's much more of a monologue, but you still find a way somehow to connect with them. Right. And that's what I really enjoy. So, no, I wouldn't say I fell into it per se. It became a passion of mine and it's one that I'm pursuing now. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you have a new book coming out soon. Yeah, I do. I didn't have enough on the go. So I thought I'd jump in and try and write a book. Um, right. You know, previous to this, I don't even think I finished a book before. I wasn't a big reader. And over yeah. the last few years, I've come to the realization and really enjoy the knowledge I gain from reading. Yeah. And, you know, I still have problem finishing things. I ping pong around and I'll probably have, I've got them here. I've got, you know, three different books on the go right now that I'm consistently reading. Yeah. But, uh, I really enjoy reading and I find that it's a great way to share a lot of information and absorb it. So I thought, well, I've got a story to tell too that I think can help other people. So right. again, if I can reach more people through this platform of a book. I want to do it. I started writing the book, creating chapters and, and put something together. Right. So, so when you go into these, these, um, companies and you're doing consulting or, you know, you said they can't afford maybe a VP of sales, but they could afford, you know, working with you. Um, so they bring you in. What do you find is like, 
some of the the maybe one or two top things that are holding a lot of companies back when it comes to to generating more revenue, more sales? Right. That, that that's a really good question. Um, speaking specifically to organizations, what we get caught in is the fact that they've done it a particular way, and it's maybe yeah. been successful in the past. Right. In one of my keynotes that I give called Evolution of the Customer, I talk about two main things that have impacted all organizations. And it's the change in technology and the pace of change of technology and also the different generations we have now. For the first time in the workforce, we have four generations. Where am I? Four. Four generations wow. in the workforce right now that we have to deal with. And that's incredible. So yeah. we have to learn to deal with these different generations. And let me tell you, the up and coming generation right now, and it is millennials. And by the end of this year, two thirds of the buying decisions will be made by millennials. So if we're not adjusting to the way that they purchase, yeah. and how they think and act, then we're going to be missing the boat. And many companies are. Their sales forces are aged. And that's OK, as long as you're learning and updating your skills and knowledge. In fact, yep. you know, the new decision makers and buyers in companies now obtain six to eight pieces of information from the internet before even calling a company or a salesperson. Yep. That's true. Incredible change from the days that I saw where we didn't have the internet. Yes. I'm yeah. And, and you yeah. had to call me. I had all the information. I was a man. Yeah. Now they've got all this information. They think they've already made right decisions and they just need a price. We need to change that model around a little bit. And it's called challenger selling. So I'll go into organizations and help them understand better how they have to change their selling style to mesh with the buying style of today's buyers. Wow. So do you find that they're in denial about it, about what you're saying? In some cases, because it comes down to change and not a lot of people like to change. Mm-mm. You know, our frontal cortex of our brain doesn't want us to change. We like habit. That's we right. Like and we like habit. So we'll avoid change at all costs, even to defend the fact that yeah. we don't need to change. And that can make wow. things really difficult. So you mentioned earlier about my book, and my book is called Reinvent Yourself. Okay. And it's not just about reinventing ourselves individually, but it's reinventing yourself, your organization, your career, any of those things. And yeah. how do we go about doing that? Because we mentioned earlier, change comes. We have to be able to reinvent ourselves for that change and yeah. get in front of it and lead it. And that's why I ended up writing the book, because I'm hoping that it's going to help a lot of people, you know, be the best that they can be. And it might be, like I said, self-initiated change and they're making changes in their lives. And it might be because changes come their way. But in either case, there's really a process to it. Yeah, you can get from where you are to where you want to be. And I think that's where the engineer in me started creeping up again and put together a process and some thought patterns. Right, uh, right. To do that. But I don't want the book to be regimented engineering type of setup. So what I did was incorporate stories. I've got a couple of stories that I tell about myself, my personal life and changes that I went through and why and how I dealt with them. Challenges. Yeah in my career as well that we just described a little bit about but then i also pulled in other stories from other individuals that are very close to me in my life and we talk about their stories and how they changed and moved forward so the hope is that 
within the book, there'll be something that appeals to or resonates with all the readers. And that'll be the same when I have the opportunity to go on stages to speak about this on reinventing yourself, reinventing your organization. How do you go about doing it? Because to your point earlier, Ken, change is hard. You get you get resistance. And unfortunately, I see a lot of people stuck in their lives, in their yep. careers, because one of the whole chapters that I talk about is on fear and the four okay. main types of fear that there is and how to overcome that fear and move forward. And that's very important to readers. So I'm trying to support them in different ways with the knowledge that I've gained from my journey and some other people's stories and journeys as well. That's awesome, man. When's yeah. the book? Is it, it's not out yet, right? No, we're, we're targeting the end of March. So there's a final edit going on right now. And wow. it, you know about writing a book and what goes on and the cover being developed and all sorts of fun things like that. And yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's a tremendous amount of work, but again, I'm passionate about it and getting those stories out there to help others. Yeah. It's uh, it is a tremendous amount of work. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so your goal in life then has gone from um, being the best dang engineer in the world to um, to, to help you to be that. <laughs> What's that? I never claimed to be the best engineer. That's for sure. <laughs> right, um, but now it's to to impact people and help them get through change. Right. Sounds like. Absolutely. Yeah. You really, you really hit the nail on the head, Ken. It is. That's I want to help and broaden, uh, you know, my offering to as many people as possible. Wow. You know, we start off in a small circle and we're focused on, on our kids, which is brilliant. Yeah. It'll always be a focus of mine yeah. and my highest priority. But then if we can take our learnings there and expand them to other people. Yeah. Uh, think that that's uh, really what we need to do um you know and just I, i've got a quote here and of course with the recently passing of of kobe bryant how unfortunate that was yeah you know his quotes is brilliant the most important thing is to try to inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do i want to support and inspire people in their lives not simply the ones that they felt they've been handed mm and change. You can reinvent yourself to the life that you want to have yeah. ways to do it. And that's really why the books come out. I've already been asked by individuals and I'm scheduling them for workshops because within the book, I've got some exercises for people to go through to help clarify their why. And Simon Sinek does it the best in yeah. his on why, which is great. So I take some excerpts from that. And then we look at moving through it. Well, well what are you doing? And then most importantly, how are you going to do it? Then we look at those barriers that come up too. Let's identify them. It could be financial. It could be timing. could be one of those fears. We all have fears. And right. how to address those and overcome them. And in fact, take the energy that fear gives you and turn it to a positive. And that's in the book as well. So we're turning that into a workshop now. So people can come to the workshop and at the end of one day, have a plan to move forward in their reinvention of themselves, their lives, their workplace. That is incredible. So you, you, um, now when you're, when you're doing your, your speeches on, on stage and, and all of that, like, are you, um, are you addressing some of this during your talks? Like, are you, 
you helping people while you're doing the talk? I mean, are you helping them get through some of this stuff? Well, that's a good question. Can it, it can be difficult in a large room and a large yeah, forum. Sure. When it's a smaller group, yeah, we take a few questions and things like that and interact with them. The hope while I'm on stage is that people are resonating with the stories that I'm telling them and it starts their mind thinking about the fact that yes, I can do this change. And if we leave with a positive mindset, then we look at running the exercises and things that create a plan for them, which is executable. But I think the first stage is really to get them to understand it can be done. You can do it. And that's what I like to do on stage and share that type of positive energy with people that I'm speaking to. Um, you know, I'll share with you that I have the opportunity coming up mm -hmm. to work with um, uh, somebody that you know very well, Eric Swanson. Yeah. And if I can just share his Habitat Warrior upcoming in yeah. Houston, uh, I have the opportunity to be on his stage. And I'm really looking forward to that, to share a couple of my stories in hopes that it resonates with people. That's awesome. And then, yeah. And that they can then move forward as well and have that type of confidence to reinvent themselves and make the changes that they have to. So getting on stages like that and speaking to people from small to large groups is really what I want to do to help. So, you know, I, I ask, I ask every guest, you know, um, a couple of questions normally toward the end, I'll, I'll go ahead and put it out, but, um, okay. you know, the, the people get stuck in life and, and there's a, a, a whole gaggle of reasons. Um, and, and, uh, I, look, the most common answer to this question is fear. So I'm just going to throw that out there. But, yeah. you know, what, in your opinion, what do you think it is that keeps people stuck in life, that ke that prevents them from having true happiness and success in life? Yeah. Yeah. What a fabulous question. You, you know, it's brilliant. And there, there are the different types of fear. Yeah. And that's obviously a big part of it. Uh, people will say, well, the timing's not right for me. I'm not in a financial position to do that right now. It's too risky for me. Right. Um, the, the other fear as well is that, geez, what, what if I'm not successful? What if I fail? Fear of failure is one of the largest reasons that we don't take that big first step. It's why we don't leap forward, because we don't have the faith that the net will appear. And that can be very scary for people. So when right. I work with them, we create a plan and that lessens the fear. So that's a very big point. One of the chapters of the book, I speak about communicating. How do you properly communicate this massive change you plan to make to people that are close to you? Mm. So that not only do they understand it, they support the change. And support from our peers and people close to us is more important than we think. It's difficult to just ignore and say, well, I don't care what they think. I'm doing this. Right. Not many people can do that going forward. The, the other thing we look at is distractions. You know, what's distracting us from doing it? Our daily mm -hmm. job our work, our family, and things like that. And then a little acronym there for you in the book, too, is CRAP, C-R-A-P. <laughs> and we know that really what's CRAP? Well, it's criticism that we're going yep. to get for doing this. Sometimes that comes from people that haven't been able to do it themselves and overcome their own fears, right? It's rejection. Yep. People will reject you. Well, you shouldn't be doing that, you know, in my opinion. So that's difficult for some people. Uh, the A stands for a word I won't say on air, but but it's a holes 
And <laughs> yeah. it, they're out there, unfortunately. You can and, say it. Assholes is fine. We're on oh, the okay, internet. I can say that on the air. <laughs> I'm, I was taught never to swear on stage or in anything. So I'm going to let you say it. I won't say I'm going to get shut down now by the FTC. I'm just kidding. <laughs> See, I didn't want that. But those people exist too. And we have to. We they're have, everywhere. We have to push them out. But, you right. know, Winston Churchill said, if we stop and pay attention to every dog that barks along our path, we'll never get to where we're going. That's Just right. ignore those type of people. And then the yeah. last, the P is pressure. There's a lot of pressure out there to be successful. One yeah. of the first things I talk about in the book and one of the first exercises I have people go through is I want you to define success. What is success? And far too often in society, our success is based on our careers. And how well we've done, meaning financially. Wow, that person's really successful. They have millions of dollars. Okay, is that what your life is about? Is that how you are going to frame up your success in your life? Right. Maybe for some, but for a lot, it's not. And if we can clarify our success, which is really clarifying our why, a solid why allows us to communicate that to people properly and hopefully gain their support in moving forward. So. Maybe you know, I'm, I'm I'm friends with Grant Cardone and and I love I love what Grant Grant says. Um, people people say, well, Grant, you know, money's not everything. And he says, I look at him and say, you're you're broke, aren't you? <laughs> you know? So it's like, you know, and I I, I mean, look, I, you're right. Everybody has a different definition of success. Yeah. Um, I think there's probably only two or three most common definitions, but, um, what, how do you define it? How do you define success in, in life for you? That's a good question. Gee, didn't know I was going to have to answer that one today, Ken. Oh, well, but you can I think mean, about it and get back to me next week. No, not at all. I'm happy <laughs> to be put on the spot like this. Thank you. By the way, while I think about it, and I'll do a little segment here so I can think about it, uh, I'll be I'll be with Grant Cardone here in Toronto March 21st. Oh, really? Yeah, at a financial summit that he'll be speaking to. So going to have the pleasure to be uh, bumping into him uh, here in Toronto. So it's wonderful. Yeah, 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 Grant, you're, he might even watch this. He watch, he's uh, he watches a lot of my streams. So Hi, Grant, um, tell you I'm here for being with you in Toronto soon. Yeah. So, so back to your question, how, how do I look at success? You know, it's a few different factors for me. It's not that simple. Uh, yeah, we all need to make money so that we can do the things that we enjoy. And in my case, it's also so I can give back to others in my family and outside of that as well. Yeah. Um, and, and that's very important to me. Being healthy mentally and physically uh, bodes into success for me too. And it's important for everybody, especially, and I teach leaders and I'll mention it to your audience here too. You need to be healthy. You have to look after yourself first before yeah. you can help others. We know why when they come on and mention that if heaven forbid the air mass drop from above during a flight in an airplane, put yours on first, then yeah. help somebody else because you need to be healthy first to help them. So that part of success is important to me, staying mentally and physically healthy right? so that I can help others. And that's really now what I'm looking at is that legacy of making sure that I can help and give back to as many people as possible. As I mentioned, I was blessed with a great upbringing and life. And, you know, we've all had our challenges. But again, I was able to find a way to not just cope, but excel and turn it into positive energy going forward. And I want to help others in that area too, to be the best they can be. This um, picture that uh, you see, there it is behind me. 
yeah. with the boxing glove. I've had a lot of questions about. Uh, just over a year ago, I had the opportunity to do some philanthropy, and and it wasn't just financial, but yeah. it was to raise funds and awareness to fight cancer. Mm. And they took a bunch of uh, people that they've done this for about nine years, and they made us into fighters. They made us into boxers, and we trained for over eight months. Wow. Stepping in a Vegas style event with 500 people to raise money for cancer and actually stepped in the ring for a real fight. I'm, I am a undefeated carded amateur fighter now. And you want to talk about transition from a guy who just put on the skates for the last many years and, yeah. now, uh, you know, stepping in the ring like this. I never thought I'd do anything like that. So if you want to talk about reinventing yourself too, just yeah. personally, um, you want to talk about fear? I, I knew fear. Yeah. <laughs> factors that came my way so I, again you know these are some of the stories that are in the book and why i share with people what we go through and Dude, it's not awesome it's good to push and challenge ourselves and you know to answer your question if i can help as many people as possible be in a position they want to be grow into the people they want to be yeah. uh, and it falls over into businesses as well how do you transition your business in the right direction and reinvent yourself so that you're happy with who you are I'll call that a success for me. That's awesome. I love that, man. So, so if, if somebody, let's say somebody called, you know, I told this story, I've told it a few times, but I had a, uh, a moment, I don't know, my business, I was two, three, three years into my business and, um, and, and had, I don't know, few, three, four, five employees and, and one day, one of my my employees, dude, walks in my office. He says, "Hey, uh, there's a there's a there's a guy peeking in the windows of your SUV out in the parking lot." I'm like, "Well, tell." And this was a big dude telling me this. I said, "Well, tell him get the hell out of here." Like, what? He's like, "Well, I would, but he's blocking it with his tow truck. I I think he's here to take your car." <laughs> I'm like. Oh, that's, uh, huh? That's not what you want to hear. No, no. Everybody else was getting paid except me and the bank. So, yeah. so you know, I, um, I said, I said to the, the uh, you know, it was a very humiliating day. Let me just say that it felt like everything was imploding, and that was back in the 09, 2010 era, right? Felt like right. everything was just falling apart, and 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 you know, uh, for the person that is is barely hanging on, man, the the person that maybe had their car repoed, the electric's getting shut off tomorrow, they're you know they can't buy food, or they're you know they're just at the end of their rope, but they've tried everything, and they ring you up, they call you, and and you get on the phone. What do you say to that person in that moment to help them push through, get through that and, and continue going forward? What do you say to them? Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. And, you know, the first thing that you did with, with this and bringing this up, Ken, was that you related it to a story that you had as well. Yeah. And that's yeah. the first thing I try and do with people is let them know, you know, that, that, Everybody, everybody, you know, whether you were Tony Robbins sleeping in his car at one time, and I have my story too, which I won't share right here, but I do when it's the right time, share with people personally, when you hit your low, 
What was the low? What was the worst point? When were you most scared? And everybody has that opportunity. It's at that moment that we need to switch on and realize that it can only get better from here. It will get better from here. Right. And we have to be um, really thinking about how we move forward and mentioning to them, look, I've been there. Here's where I was at. It will get better. And in fact, we can put together a plan to make sure that it does get better for you. There's a way to do this. It's not a mystery. There's a formula to it. There's a plan and we can help you through that, you know, and, and we're all going to have our down moments when we don't think we're going to be successful, you know, in life, that success that we talk about that we really want to be. And we start talking about faith and how we have to be faithful in the direction that we're going. Not necessarily religious, unless that helps you quite a bit, but faithful to the fact that, look, I'm going to put a plan together. I'm going to communicate that plan and articulate it extremely well to everybody I know, including the universe. And they're not going to have a choice but to buy in and support it. And then we'll get factual and put together the actual plan. One of the chapters in my book talks about the importance of having coaches and mentors. We all need them. It's hugely important. Let me assure you, I didn't get to this stage wearing this glove, stepping in a ring without having coaches and mentors. I yeah. needed them because you want to talk about it. I, I definitely got humbled a couple of times uh, during my, my process of becoming a fighter and we need help. So there's nothing wrong with reaching out to somebody and finding the right coach and mentor. And in chapter of the book, I tell them how to do that. There's a checklist on choosing the right mentor and coach. And being able to get somebody. I love that, dude. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Hey, I'm a coach and I, I, I coach a lot of great people. And I, I'll tell you, man, that I, I, um, I, I, there's an old saying that I love and that, and I, cause I have two coaches, you know, yeah. the, the, the professionals have coaches, amateurs don't see the value in them. No, and, exactly right. Exactly right. But it's true. We all need coaches. Now I have a coach. Now my pathway is taking me on stages and speaking. I have a speaking coach now because I realize the importance of having one. Yep. Absolutely. Colleen is asking what the title of your book is. Well, that's a good question, Colleen. I have a few different options right now. And since it's not going to be out for another month, uh, it's going to be reinvent of some kind. It's either going to be reinvent yourself, your career, your life, uh, reinventing for your success. We haven't pinned it down just yet, but I'm open to suggestions as well from your viewers here, Ken. If awesome. they still we talked about, they got a great punchline for me. Yeah. I, I would love that. Yeah. That I'd enjoy that very much. So they can send that over my way through yourself. Uh, yeah. That would be great. No yeah. issue. Where where do you want uh, where would you like people to follow you on social media? Where's the best place? Where well, are you? Yeah, certainly. I mean, you can subscribe to my website and I'm at www.rickdenley.com. Okay. So you can go there and click on it and subscribe and then you can have a lot of my material and blogs coming from there. Instagram is very large for me and it's Denley Rick. So D E N L E Y R I C K. And I encourage you to go there. I have my Monday morning motivational talks that I do there. You can also go to my website and see many clips of me presenting. And there's also a lot of information and knowledge. There we go. We're on the screen. There's yeah. also a lot of information and knowledge for people there to get started with. 
Okay. And, um, yeah, that's going to be a good start too. You'll be able to see events that I'm coming to, to be speaking in, hopefully in a city near you also. Um, okay. They'll be posted too. So I, I really look forward to people reaching out to me. Happy to help out in any way that I can. So are you on, you're on Facebook though, right? Yeah. Um, you're right. Thank you. Of course, Facebook as well. It's just Rick yeah. Denley on Facebook. You can yeah. look me there and look me up on LinkedIn as well. So I'm on those main social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And as mentioned, there's quite a bit of information on my website that you see going across the bottom of the screen right now. Go there, have a look, subscribe, and you'll get my monthly uh, newsletter and blog as well. Awesome. Awesome. Colleen says awesome as well. So thank you, Colleen. Um, yeah. So Rick, I want to thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and share some of your wisdom and experience and, and everybody watching. Thank you for sharing this out and, and man, follow this guy. Like, it sounds like you got some really cool stuff popping here in the, in the very near future. Thanks, Ken. We do with the book launch and being on stages across North America. It's going to be a, a whirlwind and I really want to get the message out and help as many people as I can. So Ken, thank you for having me on your show today and allowing me to be part of your, your group, your forum, your team, and all the people that follow you. Thank you very much. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for sharing. Colleen said she shared. So thank you for that, Colleen. Terrific. To, to everyone. And and uh, it's good to have another friend in Canada. Absolutely. Eh? We're great neighbors <laughs> to each other and supportive, which is wonderful. So My wife grew up right across the lake from you in Erie, Pennsylvania. So Very good. That's like a little boat ride, I think, across the lake, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right now, it'd be a bit of a skate because of the weather, and it's nice and cold. So, anyway, thanks very much. It's good to be on. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you, Rick. I appreciate you, man. And uh, everybody, make sure you go follow Rick on Facebook, on Instagram. Look him up on LinkedIn and everywhere. And we will see you guys all later. Rick, thank you so much. Don't hang up on me. I'm going to end the live broadcast. Thank you guys again. Appreciate you. Thank you.